Holly Marilyn Solom was a lucky girl to be born into an already pretty famous family that makes her double famous, but she has made her own way because her talent is unmatchable. Her songwriting is brilliant and beautiful, and this slight human can really belt out the hits. Minnesota is so lucky to call her one of our very own. She knew what she had to do, started paving her way in the world, and headed out of Minneapolis. This amazing singer, songwriter, and actress of Amazon's original series, Hand of God, is making her way into your world of famous souls. Holly graced the first series with her musical strength and hitting season two with more commitment, dedication, and knowledge to tap into your eyes and your ears. 2017 brings her more projects with the film All I See Is You that she wrote all the songs for, and I cannot wait to see this one. It looks amazing. Watch for her solo album coming soon as well. This is one busy, busy girl. A Minneapolis-born and bred girl making her way to L.A. The typical story, but you got a break, like not all do. We have Holly Marilyn Solom. Do you prefer to go by Holly? Do you prefer to go by Holly Marilyn? You can call me Holly. So my parents named me Holly Marilyn. They okay. had big plans for me. Initially, my name was Natasha when I was born, and my dad apparently saw it spelled out in bloody letters in a dream, and it turned around backwards and said, ah, Satan. So being that I was conceived in uh, Hollywood, they decided oh. to call me Holly. And my, uh, Marilyn is my grandmother's name on my dad's side. Oh. So that's perfect. It's perfect. And do you, do you know if your last name was a longer last name or is this a fake last name? Solom is my dad's name. I think it's Norwegian or Swedish. It's a family name. It's real. It's all real. It's beautiful. I like it. Um, well, because like you'd even care if I liked it, but you know. Oh, no, of course. I'm flattered. I want you to like it. Please like it. It's great. It's great. Okay. We're going to start off by talking about the fact that you are from Minneapolis, but you went to LA. So... What took you to L.A., and was that the first place you went? Uh, no, it wasn't the first place I went. I went to Chicago to model when I was a teenager, and then I went to New York to model, and then I started to get really serious about music when I was about 20 and decided to go to L.A. to pursue it and you know, follow my dreams. I figured that's where the music industry was. And did you figure that because you are fortunate to be the daughter of one of the Rembrandt's boys? Um, did you? Did Daddy say you better go to Hollywood if you want to make it big? He didn't say you better do anything. He just, you know, I think I called him and I was like, he he was living in LA at the time, and I said, if I come out and I want to pursue music, can I stay on? Can I stay with you for a little bit? And he said, yeah, of course, come on out. I'll do what I can to help. And did he did he have anything to do with it, or did you pretty much pursue it by yourself? Um, I mean, he definitely throughout my life has introduced me to a lot of people. He really helped me make my first demos, and him and his friends, many of them being really pretty well known musicians, would you know play on my demos. And yeah, he was really really supportive. So he he would introduce me to the people he knew. Uh, a lot of the connections that I made that followed through into where I'm at now uh, were just people I met along the way. And once you meet one, it's kind of like dominoes, which is pretty awesome, I think. It certainly can be, yeah. 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 And what was your first big break? What, 
Was there one song that hit it big? Yeah, my first big break actually was I went to, I got invited to a dinner party for Chris Blackwell from Island Records and by a guy I just met when I moved there and I think he maybe like liked me and uh, Michael Burns who was the president of Lionsgate sort of was throwing this party so it was a pretty big deal and I was really still pretty like green Minnesota girl I wore a really funny weird outfit trying to be like super stylish and I got seated next to um, a director named Mark Forrester this was maybe like a week into me living in LA and we started talking about music and art, and I told him I was new in town, and he asked me to send him some demos, and I did, and he asked me to write a song for his movie that he was working on, and I did, and he used it in the movie, and through that, I got a lot of attention. It was definitely my first big break, and the song was called Something's Gotta Change, and I listen to it now, and I'm like, oh, I sound like such a little baby. My songwriting skills were not very good yet, but oh. it got in the movie, and yeah, it changed everything. Why do you think he picked that? I mean, like, how did it, it just, you make it sound like it was just like normal, like easy peasy, and it just happened, but it, it, I can't imagine it went that way, really, but did it? It kind of did. He really liked my music. He liked my voice and liked my writing and thought it was really unique and said, why don't you try writing something and pitched it to the studio and I made a demo and my dad helped me with it, helped me record it and, uh, and yeah, got into the movie. Um, do you think that a little bit of your fashion sense is what did something for it as well? Do you think that, because isn't it the deal that you had this like really cool, or I, I don't know, your grandma could still be alive. Is your grandma still alive? Both my grandmothers okay. are alive. Oh, you're so lucky. All right, so, but one of them is like Miss Fashionista and your mom? Yeah, my mom's definitely a fashionista. My Her mother... Um, is a makes clothes and you know is a designer and a seamstress and had a clothing store in Iowa City and yeah but really out there really funky stuff that I didn't appreciate as a teenager now I'm like oh that she was onto something <laughs> and and Iowa City isn't that interesting yeah yeah <laughs> lots of Midwest roots yeah. and so uh, is that where like is your mom's side from is that where they're from from Iowa City or did they move yeah, there later they're all from everyone's from Minneapolis my dad's from Duluth love Duluth. That's my one of my favorite getaways. <laughs> Do you ever go up there anymore? No, it's probably been like 20 years. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there family? No. Oh, no. okay. Then, then it's understandable. Yeah, nothing tragic about it. I, I want to know if you became an actress in Hand of God before you became um, the person that wrote the score for it, or was it the score first? Well, I don't do the score. There's another person named Mark. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name because it's very German. Um, but he does the score. I write original songs, so it's a different thing. Score is what okay. plays like sort of in the background while, while a scene is going on, and I write like the original songs oh, that are okay. at the end titles or sometimes songs we sing in the show. But what happened is... It's the same Mark Forster that put me in a movie when I was 20, called me out of the blue and said, I'm working on a new project, I'm developing a TV series, maybe you should write something for it, we'll see what happens. And I read the pilot, I read the script for the pilot, loved it, wrote a song right away, made a really rough demo of it, and then I met with the showrunner, Ben Watkins, and he fell in love with it, and he was like, this is the song, and there's... 
there, uh, the, the show has a church in it, and he said, there's no choir in my church, and the song sounds like a gospel song, and I want you to write uh, secular music for my church, and you can play the singer. And so, and you'll do it in every episode. So at the time, I was like, you know, the pilot hadn't even been shot yet, and I was like, this can't be real, but sure, okay, yeah, I'm happy to do that. And then we did the pilot, and we got picked up to go to season, and suddenly they were like, okay, we need a song per episode, here's the schedule, you're on a crazy deadline, you have to put together a whole production team, and I was like, how on earth am I going to pull this off? I've never done anything like this, as well as acting in the show, and... uh, we did it, and we got it done, and then we got a second season, and then they asked me to do it again, and they made me a bigger character. And wow. Do you think you work better under pressure? Yep, wow. <laughs> definitely. Was that, the, was that the first time that you realized that, or did you know that you're kind of like that? Yeah, I mean, I've you know been on record labels where I've had deadlines, and I, I work really well under a deadline. I can spend time wanting to perfect something or rewrite something or change things and I can just like waste time or just be lazy and not work at all so I do like to have a deadline I love a good deadline that would be too stressful for me I don't know but then I know sometimes it depends on what you're doing and it does help out Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't think I could do it it would make me crazy. Okay. <laughs> it takes a certain type of personality to thrive under yeah, extreme stress. Yes. But maybe maybe you come from that too. Are your parents like that where they can deal with that? I mean... No, I don't think they like that. Oh. I think it's my own personality trait. I don't think they share that with me. Okay. You're so cool, right? <laughs> so um, speed of light. Let's talk about speed of light. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting story, actually. Is that... A, all right. So tell me the part that's so interesting. Speed of Light, yeah, that's the big song on season one. Um, I was dating a guy, and I it, we, we moved really fast, pretty much at the speed of light. <laughs> uh, I, you know, convinced myself that this was it, and I was in love, and uh, it sort of imploded as quickly as it began, but he basically broke my heart, and... Um, you know, left me for somebody else, and also, it was a time when he um, he you know, he was like, "You should quit your band," and he, and he was right. I, sh- I was just playing bass in someone else's band. I was tired of being the boss and writing and doing my own thing, so I was playing bass. And he's like, "You need to do your own thing. You're never going to be happy just making me sandwiches." And then he broke up with me, and I had no money, and I was like a very low point. It was very humbling because I'd had success, and then suddenly I had nothing. And I just locked myself away and wrote all these songs. Speed of Light was one of them. And as things started to get better and better, pretty quickly, once I got Hand of God, I pitched it to the show, even though most of the songs I was writing for the show were specifically for the show. I was like, Speed of Light would fit in there. And everyone freaked out. They were like, oh, my God, we love this song so much. So the show came out. That became like the big song. They asked me, the producers asked me to perform at our premiere in L.A., which was a 2,000-person, 2,000-seat premiere. Big red carpet premiere, all these movie stars, like my first real like red carpet where it was for me and not for like a band. It was just specific for me. And so I was meant to perform for the first time in a couple of years and um, with a big gospel choir behind me singing the song. And I was on the red carpet, which was already pretty nerve-wracking, 
Yeah. I turned around yeah. and the guy and his new fiance were there, like essentially watching me being photographed. And then I had to go sing this song that I'd written specifically about him to him in the audience. But it was pretty much the best revenge that could ever be because I felt so small when he left me. Like I was completely, you know, not doing anything with my life. And suddenly here I am singing the song to him. Like, I showed you. <laughs> so it. when the day he dumped me, I was like, I'll show him. He's going to have to see me everywhere. He's going to be miserable because he's going to see me on billboards and I'm going to be everywhere. It was like my, I manifested it. So you play bass. Tell me the things you play. Piano, I know, right? Yeah, bass, um, guitar. I mean, I can kind of play anything with strings a little bit, mandolin or ukulele. Um, I played cello in school. I'm not, you know, it's like it's like it's like riding a bike. I'll be rusty at everything, but if I practice for a little bit, it'll come back. Cool. And what was the first thing you actually played? Piano. Okay. Did you have to take piano lessons since you were like five? I wanted to take piano lessons. Did you? I loved them. Yeah. <laughs> I was really into it. I was really into classical music. Did you always write? When did you start writing? I started writing when I was when I started playing piano, and I'd make up all these melodies and sing songs and make my parents and their friends watch me. I'd be like, "Come in here! I just wrote the most beautiful piece of music," and I'd be like, "Shh! Listen to the beautiful music." So I always wanted to perform and always wrote. <laughs> I love that. I love that. When you went up to go on stage to do this. This in front of 2,000 people, was this the largest you had ever had before of, no. of a group? No, you've had Not bigger. Not at all. But um, I hadn't performed by myself in a while. And to be performing solo with just these really raw songs with a gospel choir with the guy in front of me. I, w I mean, I was over him at that time, yeah. but it was just very jarring. So, so be pretty it was, I don't think amazing. it was my best performance. I was oh. pretty shaky. <laughs> Were you? But normally you're not. You can go on stage. You, do you still like, I do you go on stage still? When I'm, when I was touring, when I was playing every night, I wouldn't get the jitters, but I played a show in LA a few months ago and I was really nervous right. again, because it was a really intimate little show. If there are like 10,000 people in the audience and there's a band behind me and I can really bring it, then I'm great. But when I have to play like little intimate, more acoustic, quiet shows, I just lose it. <laughs> so you had a band, the child, or do you still have the band? Yeah, we're not together anymore. I mean, I think just we've got some stuff that we're gonna release that we never put out and we're all still friends and that you know we would probably go play a show if if the opportunity if the right opportunity came we were definitely more of like the cool critically acclaimed band love it. I love it and why don't you tell the story about the child because I think that's a great story which How I got the name of the child. Oh, yeah, the child was a nickname. My friends used to call me the child model. And um, they, when we were naming our band, I was like, and then it, it got shortened. Sorry, my, my nickname got shortened to the child. So everywhere I went, everyone was just like, oh, the child is coming. So we just, and that would, so nickname. and wasn't that, did you start off, was it Target that you got your first gig, that you got to be a model? My, yes. my first. Do you remember what you wore? Yeah, I, I remember it perfectly. So the blonde, little blonde girl had on a little pink outfit with a um, little eyelet trim. And they put me in like a blue shorts with like a teddy bear t-shirt, very boyish. And I cried because I wanted the pink outfit. 
and my mom said, that's not how this works. And you, if you want to do this, you have to be professional. And uh, How old were you? I was four or five. Oh. Yeah, but that was my first taste of like, okay, this is the business. You don't get to wear what you want. <laughs> It sounds like it's a good thing Tadlos and Tiaras wasn't around. She might have put you in that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to be in a tiara and something flouncy. <laughs> um. Okay, what do you feel has been the most challenging either acting part or music part or concert part or anything that you've done in your blank, blank years that you've been alive? Um, my first season of Hand of God was pretty terrifying because I just was like, I could lose this at any moment and I wanted it so badly and I wanted it to go well. But it actually went so smoothly and so well and everyone I worked with was so gorgeous. Uh, I think that the most difficult time, the darkest time was, you know, playing in a band where it wasn't my music and I was being, you know, just sort of in the background and being told what to do and didn't have any creative input. I think that was the hardest thing for me musically. So it's clear I need to, I need to have input. <laughs> As of right now, is there a significant other? Not at the moment, no. <laughs> We need to work on that, so we're putting it out there, okay? Oh. Holly, Holly needs somebody. Men, boys. <laughs> okay, good. So that's that would be my next question. <laughs> Male or female or something else? <laughs> like grown men. Okay. Yeah. Like, you like grown men as in you like older men? Yeah, a little bit older with their shit together. Can oh. I say that? Can I say yeah, the S word? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you have, do you have a solo album that is coming out? Uh, I have the season two soundtrack, which essentially is my solo album because it's all my songs, yeah. um, coming out sometime in March. We don't have a release date, so the soundtrack should come out the same day as the television show. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Typical? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. All right, so what's next? Um I have a movie coming out in August. Can you tell us the name of it? Uh, it's called All I See Is You. Uh, Blake Lively plays um, a blind woman who is a singer, and she gets her vision back, and some crazy stuff happens. And that's pretty much all I can say. Um, it's a really, really well-done, fascinating film. So I wrote her songs. So she's got a big finale song that's pretty exciting, which is written by me. And then Hand of God comes out sometime in March along with the soundtrack. Um, I'm working on an, in some music for an indie film. I've got another movie that I'll probably start working on in about a year. I got pushed back. And then right now I'm in Nashville writing country pop songs for other people. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing, Are you really? I'm writing a lot of music for, for and with other people, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I like I'm performing uh, my own stuff too. So I'm just kind of playing shows, and hopefully I'll be touring when the record comes out and doing a lot of songwriting. And are you like actually living? Where you're doing that work? Are you like living in Nashville right now? I'm living between Nashville and LA right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're cool with that? Yeah, okay. I like. It. How is Nashville? It's really cool. It's okay. a it's a music city. It's all about the music. Not just country, even though I'm working on country, like people in Nashville love music. They love all kinds of music. So it's a fun place to be as a musician. Or even if you're a music appreciator, it's fun. They have tons of honky tonks, like fun country bars, and you can go dancing. And it's, you know, really great 
pickers and country musicians and cool cool it's pretty cool cool (laughs) holly thank you so much for joining me today thank you so much for having me it's so nice to meet you i really want to thank holly for a wonderful chat Make sure you check her out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Amazon, SoundCloud, etc., etc. Let's give her some Minnesota love. This is just like the movies. That's a shining to make MS filling up all the spaces. Wave out to my mother. Show the honesty in my face Don't be afraid